When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Sarah Bareilles stars in Waitress on Broadway starting today as the New York theater scene reopens after COVID. I spoke with the singer-songwriter in 2018 when the musical came to National Theater in Washington, D.C. Hey, is this Sarah Bareilles? Yes, it is. Hi. Hey, how are you? Thanks so much for joining us on WTOP. Of course. Thanks for having me. Um, I saw it on Broadway back with Jesse Mueller and, you know, the original cast. Such a great show. Right from the beginning, the opening up, you're already writing on multiple layers. I mean, it, yeah, you're opening up the restaurant and the plot, but it's also opening up the show. We're about to see a character opening up. Did you sit down and say, I want to write a, a first number that gets us out, out of the gate um, with multiple layers here? <laughs> well, you know, luckily there were so many... First of all, I want to give a lot of credit to my wonderful collaborators who, in terms of really crafting the seeds of these ideas so I could, like, go to my cave and start writing songs about it. It was really helpful. So I did, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to set a tone. I wanted it to be a song that sort of felt like a Sarah Bareilles song in certain ways. Um, I wanted it to have energy and to be, have lots of room for lots of voices to sing because. We had a big ensemble that was going to be singing, um, and it was that one was fun. Actually, little fun fact: I rewrote the opening number probably about thirty times. Like we had such a hard time cracking because, it, to your point, it's kind of a tricky. It's just a tricky moment in the show. There's a lot going on, and so finding the exact right song for it was really tough. And the day that we finally got it. Oh, my God, I almost burst into tears. The director was like, yes, that's it. We were days before opening. It was like we kept changing the song over and over and over again. And some were just little tweaks and stuff. But, oh, my God, it was so intense to get to the end result there. I'm really glad you like it. <laughs> oh, I, oh, it's perfect. Wait, so you were literally just like a couple days before opening. And what what form was it at that point? Had you Was it still opening up? You were just making minor tweaks at that point? Or what we what, what state was minor, it in? Well, we were, we were basically like the whole section of the chorus of the hello, how you been? Thank you. Come again. That all got added very late in the game. There was just, that was like, I was sitting in the back room at our theater. We were in rehearsals. We were, yeah, days, maybe a week before actually opening or first preview audience or something like that. And, um, and then finally, and then finally wrote a new section and then it, it was, everything kind of clicked. And so, yeah, our poor cast, you can ask them, they they learned, well, not our touring cast, but our Broadway cast learned 
so many different versions of that song. They wanted to murder me by the end. <laughs> so it's actually the line, uh, some things never change. Is that uh, kind of ironic there? <laughs> exactly. Some, some things, things only change. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> some things change every few days. Yeah. That's so great. Um, well, I want to know, because um, obviously it was it was, it was was the Adrian Shelley movie, and then uh, Jesse Nelson helped you adapt. You know, she wrote the book. At what point did you guys come up with the sugar, butter, flour, like those dream sequences? It's like a show-stopping moment in the production every time that happens. And it happens several times, but it allows you to do these dreams, especially the part where you you're doing the e-pregnancy test and you and you you drop your red dress into the ball and start, like there's these great little metaphorical <laughs> yeah. moments. Well, the the sugar butter flower loop actually started very very early on in the process. By the way, I love how detail oriented you are, and that you've like really done your homework. This is amazing. So good, good for you. Of so course, we're talking to Sarah Bareilles, and I love the show. We gotta be prepared. No, I know, but you, you like really love the show. I just, I love that. Yeah. Um, it, the the sugar butter flower loop came really early on, and that was actually a little homage to my acapella days. And I was thinking of, I sang in an acapella group in college, and I was thinking of layering, you know, the ingredients of a pie, you know, our lead character, Jenna, is, a, is an extraordinary pie baker. And so these moments, these little vignettes are, are us going into her mind, her little dream state. And so I wanted to give her something that was, um, I thought originally that she, we would maybe do some live looping on stage where she loops her own voice. And then that got really technical and too difficult to do. And so then we just created this, this, loop bed that is the indicator that we're going into this little dream state. And all of those illustrations physically came from our wonderful choreographer, Lauren Letero, um, who was like, why don't she read this article in the New York times about daydreaming and, and the importance of daydreaming and how it keeps our creative minds really vibrant and alive. And, um, and then she's like, what if we just watched her actually daydream and we watched them come to life? And, they're really effective moments in the show. I love, I love that you love them. That's great. No, it's great. It's like that almost avant-garde end of it. I love it. Um, d- yeah. And but also, in addition to that creative stuff, um, you also are wonderfully silly in this musical, especially through, um, you know, the never ever getting rid of me. That when that character comes on, God, he the the place is roaring. He is. Roaring. It's a showstopper. I know he is. That's Ogie, who's our sort of eccentric love interest. He has a huge crush on one of Jenna's very close friends at the diner. And he's just this sweet, kind, earnest weirdo that you just fall in love with. So he's just the best. He's the best. He's a total showstopper, like I said. I know you're writing the lyrics to that song. And again, like, I love you like a table later. I mean, that's, that's just yeah. that's just so wonderfully silly. <laughs> I, love the, I love this interview like a table. No, but but so I, you're writing the lyrics of, you know, of Ogie's hilarious words. But um, is that Jesse Nelson doing the, you know, his crazy spontaneous poems? Or which one of you came up with the British are coming? That was all Jesse Nelson. She came up with the adorable conceit that they were um revolutionary war like fanatics and so (laughs) really funny and um yeah that was all jesse nelson's you know the song the all the music stuff is me but the great thing about working with jesse because she came on maybe about a year into the project we were writer we were working mainly just from the script at first from the from the screenplay from the movie and um but then Jesse, I met Jesse, and Jesse and I have, we have a, became fast friends. It was just one of those like soulmate 
relationships where I met yeah. her and I was like, oh, I feel like I've known you my whole life. And um, we just worked really well together and, and our, we tried really hard. One of the things that I'm the most proud of of the show is that I feel like the dialogue and the songs really speak to each other. And, and they, they're, it's not one of those shows where you're like, oh, I see a song is coming. Right. Like, here, here comes the song. And, and I, I feel like we really worked very hard to make the scenes support the songs and the songs support the scenes. Oh, they weave in and out so beautifully. Um, but, you know, while, while the Ogie songs make us cry tears of laughter, She Used to Be Mine makes me actually cry. Like, everyone in the audience, Aww. that's that big moment. And I know a, broad, a lot of Broadway shows have that kind of moment where, you know, the ballad kind of a deal. But, man, this one rips my heart out every time. Um, what, are you, what are you pulling from, from inspiration when you're writing that yourself? Are you looking back um, at your, your own childhood self, your own mother? And, you know, what's going through your head as you're writing that beautiful one? Oh, thank you. That actually was the first song that I wrote for the show and it was um it was really special that song remains really special for me because it was kind of my entry point into the world of waitress and I had said yes to this big project I had just moved I had left Los Angeles I was my home of 14 years I had just moved to New York City I didn't really know that many people here um I was having basically a mini midlife crisis so I was really everything about my life was in major flux. And I got, I said yes to this project almost as like an experiment. I didn't really even think I could do it. And I watched the movie and I was so struck by this scene where um, Carrie Russell and Jeremy Sisto are having their big fight in the kitchen. And anyway, people who know the movie know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, and Basically, she decides to stay with it, with her abusive husband, and you just see this heartbreak on her face. And my circumstances were very different, but I was I was really struck with this idea that, like, we all sort of become a different version of the person we thought we would be. You know, that it's like reconciling who did you think you were going to grow up and become, and then when you look in the mirror and what do you see, and you know, it's, there's a there can be some grief there if you if sometimes it's better than you thought it could be sometimes you just don't recognize that person mm-hmm. um and so i was really dealing with that in my own life and then kind of channeling it through jenna and it became that that demo came out really kind of first thing and it didn't change at all it kind of it was it, <laughs> i didn't rewrite that song 30 times like the opening number that one was that one stayed put which was really special you can almost tell that it just it just seems like it's just flowing from such a personal place and i honestly i mean i think so many people i know are gonna relate to that song so much and they're watching that you know that abusive relationship and do you hope that some people will watch the show and be able to take the courage to leave their own bad relationship or whatever their situation that they're in you know do you think they'll be able to apply that character arc to their own lives hopefully yeah i mean you know that's been such the beauty of i was lucky enough to get to be on in the role on Broadway twice and one of the sort of traditions of Broadway is is old-fashioned fan mail and so we would get like all these letters just hundreds and thousands of letters of people who had either seen the show on the road or seen the show at the theater here in New York or um or just had a relationship to the music and letter after letter of people who just were transformed or transfixed by the by the story and and changed in some way was really overwhelming. I actually remember one day I was reading I was going through fan mail and responding and 
it was one of my last days in the show and I was just in my dressing room weeping just from the generosity of of these fans who are so honest and so just beautifully um, connected to the material and it's so special. So I really think you know, what we tried to do with this show is just make something that had a lot of heart and I think especially right now in the world it's so nice to see a show that's about relationship and about, um, you know, people, good people making mistakes and kind of doing the best they can. And it's just, you know, nobody's perfect. And it's, 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 it's a show that's about good people and, and it really was built and crafted with a lot of love. Yeah, that's perfect. We're all a little messy, but we're kind. You know what I mean? It's like kind of that little yeah. celebrating the fragility and the flaws, but also, you know, the good layers in there, too. Um, Completely. Absolutely. And, and in addition to the from the old fashioned fan mail to cast album karaoke, you get to interact with the fans by coming on stage. Didn't you come and do that at National Theater last what was I did. it last weekend? I did. It was last weekend. It was so much fun. It was so much fun. It's one of my favorite things. It was a great idea of one of our producers to even do this at all and it's a tradition we've started here at our broadway theater so once a month we do cast album karaoke and (laughs) audience members get called up and they get to sing songs from the show with the actual waitress band who stays late that night and um it is so magical and sometimes you get people who have never been on stage before and aren't real singers. And sometimes you get people who have never been on stage before and bring the house down. (laughs) And sometimes you get people who don't know what song they chose. (laughs) They come up and somebody else has to sing it. So we have, (laughs) we run the gamut. It's it's a lot of fun. And yeah, yeah, it's a great way to meet fans too. Awesome. Before we go, how excited are you for the Tonys? I would, I can't wait. I'm, so excited. Um, I'm hosting the Tonys with Josh Groban, and so we've been working really hard on the material and trying to get, you know, everything to come together, and we've been the schedule has been a challenge because you know, Josh is so busy and I'm so busy, so we're never in the same place um, at the same time, but it's a lot of phone calls and emails and text exchange, and we're just so, we feel so lucky that we got the opportunity to step into this role and, and just can't wait. Awesome. Final question. I got. I want to know about love song. That's just listening to the lyrics. It seems like it's something where almost like the the record label saying, you know, write us a love song, and you're saying, no, I'm not just going to write one because you asked for it. Is that is that sort of how it came about? <laughs> it it is, although it was never really. Um, it was never an explicit conversation. The, <laughs> the long story short is that I was basically just waiting for the green light to get to go into the studio to write a record. I had been writing a lot of songs, and I thought I had all the songs I needed and I couldn't understand why I wasn't getting to go into the studio and like actually start recording. But I sort of knew they were waiting for like a, a radio song. And I, I caught myself one day sort of trying to copy something I had heard on the radio, like could just to sort of fill the quota. And it made me so angry with myself because I, I've always been a very stubborn and fierce, like, soldier for authenticity. I'm just like, I don't ever want to do anything that doesn't feel like me. And I was so mad at myself. I I went to my rehearsal studio and I just wanted to write a song that felt like myself. And I was honestly, I wrote the song so quickly and I'm not a very fast writer usually. Um, And I wrote the song so quickly and I was sure they weren't going to like it. I think I hadn't really gotten all that excited about anything I'd sent in. So um, yeah, they, I sent the song in and, um, they loved it, and I was like, you know it's about you, right? And my, my A&R guy just laughed, and he remains a good friend. And 
it, it's, it was kind of a funny and sort of sweet, sweet justice moment. <laughs> awesome. Well, from that to Brave to all your other stuff and now Waitress, just, I mean, you're, I think you're one of the most talented artists, versatile going today. So keep up the great work. We can't wait to see what you do next. And I encourage everybody to come check out Waitress the Musical. You won't regret it. You're going to laugh. You're going to cry. You're going to feel cathartic. It's going to be amazing. So thank you so much for oh. bringing this to this amazing show. Thank you so much for the support. And thanks to all our fans. We're just blown away by, by your generosity. So thanks, guys. Thanks so much for joining us on Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time. I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.